Take your Bible and go to Acts chapter 15, and we'll begin reading in verse 35 in just a moment. Acts 15 and verse 35 as we're making our way through the book of Acts during this season. And uh, we've just finished that first missionary trip, come through the uh, council of Acts 15. They're getting ready to jettison out on the second missionary trip, but there's a little dust up before we can send them out. We deal with that uh, today in Acts 15. I want to encourage you that uh, three weeks from this morning that you would be here uh, in church for one service, all the family together at 10 o'clock, both here and a 10 o'clock service on the Warrington campus, and that will be Christmas morning, three weeks from the day. Of course, the day before, we'll have three services on Christmas Eve, four, six in here, Four o'clock at Warrington, and then eleven o'clock over in Passmore Halls. Either four, six, and eleven, and then uh, all of those services will be the same. And then we'll be back here for morning worship on Sunday, ten o'clock. And I know many of you have a lot of things you do on that morning, but uh, I encourage you make Christmas uh, Sunday Christmas. It'll be 11 years, I'm told, before we'll do this again of having Christmas on Sunday. So uh, you join us as we gather together uh, here on Christmas morning as well as Christmas Eve. Well, we're in Acts 15. We began reading in verse 35. And in this uh, little snippet of Scripture in between Missionary Journey 1, Missionary Journey 2, where Paul's going and this great council, they've settled that the gospel is by grace through faith, nothing added to that is Jesus alone. And they get ready to launch out again, but they've got a little issue that they have to deal with before they can blast off on mission. Acts 15, we began reading in verse 35. You follow along because this now is the word of our great God. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had gone with them to the work, and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, going home to the island of Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. A message entitled, Your Failure need not be fatal. Failure need not be fatal. In the Old Testament, we find Jonah called of God, a prophet to Nineveh. God said, go, and Jonah said, I'm going the opposite way. He ran down to the seashore and found a ship going to Tarshish. He said, ah, that's where I need to go. And got on the ship. The storm came. You know the story. The mariners threw him overboard. He was swallowed up by a great fish. And the Bible says that he was in the belly of that great fish three days and three nights. And then Jonah prayed. 
<laughs> I got a feeling I'd be praying on day one. How about you? I don't know. Uh, after that third day, the Bible says, and Jonah prayed. The old fish spit him up on dry ground, and as one commentator said, he hit the ground running toward Nineveh. Forty days, forty days, forty days. And he called that old city to repentance. God took a failure and used him. Peter, follower of the Lord, preacher. Pentecostal preacher, that preacher stood outside when Jesus was on trial and denied him not once, not twice, but three times. Peter became a failure, but God didn't leave him in his failure. John Mark, in our text, the Bible says he deserted. Paul said he deserted them. You know the story. They had left Antioch. They're going on the first missionary trip. They get to a certain place, and Barnabas says, here's John Mark, my nephew. Let's take him. They say, good. And he goes with them a short way, but then he turns around and deserts them and goes back home. We're not sure why he left, but he left. And Paul certainly did not like it. In Acts 13, 13, we find that he left them and returned to Jerusalem. W.A. Criswell says in his commentary on this text that John Mark came from a well-to-do family because of the house. Uh, he bases that on the house that he grew up in, Mary's house, that it was not a house of poverty but a house of means and Criswell says that John Mark was soft and that soft people ra rarely can do hard work in ministry. Well, whether that's true or not, we're not sure, but we do know he left and we do know Paul called him a deserter. Everyone in this room, online, television, under the sound of my voice with radio, We have failed somewhere in our life. All of us. But failure does not mean the end of usefulness. Hmm. The God of grace takes broken people and refits them for kingdom ministry. And we are all broken. Some more tragically than others, but all have brokenness. I shall never forget it's at least 20 years ago. I was in a small group here in the church, and we were having a dialogue, and one of the sweet, godly women in this church, we began to talk about people being on staff and others serving as deacons. The issue of divorce came up. And she said, Pastor, no one gets married to get divorced. She said, we don't do that to get out. But sometimes tragedy comes. And she said, we understand the qualifications. But she said, I want you just to look around Olive. 
She said, I just want you to count the number of couples where divorce has tragically come in a family and then another marriage has come where they have found another and she said, you will find that some of your greatest servants in the church you pastor are these people. And I began to watch and look. And oh my goodness, she's correct. God takes failure, a failed home, a failed life, but it need not be fatal. John Mark failed. He turned and deserted the mission. But we know that he was still useful to the kingdom. Some things happen. You have failures, I have them. He that is without sin cast the first stone. And Jesus looked and they all left. <laughs> How do we respond and revive when we've had failure. Well, I want to just garner some truth out of the life of John Mark for a moment today. First of all, if you're going to come to revive out of failure, you must face your failure. Face it. Now, some people will help you face it. <laughs> Paul helped John Mark. He looked in verse 38 and pointed that finger and stuck it up his nose and said, he'll not go. He deserted us. <laughs> Why did he desert? I don't know. Lack of courage, lack of conviction, lack of commitment. We don't know. We just know he went home. Sometimes you don't even want to deal with your own failure, but God will send a Paul in your life. Paul will be hard. Paul will be harsh. But Paul will get you to face your failure. And here Paul deals with him and says, no way, he's not going. You must learn when you fail to face your failure. You must own your failure. And if his sin is involved, you must confess your sin. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 and 10 that if you confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, cleanse us of all of I was reading this morning in Isaiah 44 in my quiet time where I'm reading through that old prophet and, and he spoke about the midst, the mist, like a fog, the mist of God coming to erase your sinfulness in Isaiah 44. And I went outside and the fog was rolling through. And I stood in that fog and I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that your grace like a foggy mist comes to wash away the sinfulness in our life. I confess and I confess my sin. And if we say we have not sinned, hmm, we make him a liar and his words not in us because we've all failed. Paul was hard and he was unbending. And sometimes it takes a Paul to help us come clean, but come clean we must. 
And when the issue is ours, there's no need to play the blame game. Just deal with it. With your own failure, deal with it and take it to the throne of grace and you will find the Lord if you will confess. That word confession is an interesting word. It, it literally means to agree with God. When God calls it sin, you call it sin. When God calls it failure, you call it failure and confess that to God and he cleanses us, washes us of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah, what a God of grace we serve. So number one, I, I just encourage you, must face your failure. Secondly, after you face your failure, another truth is you must learn then to walk in obedience. Notice in the text that, that Paul took Silas and, and went away committed to the grace of God by the brethren. But the Bible says Barnabas, Barnabas took Mark and sailed away to Cyprus. Uh, his uncle, Barnabas, believed in him. He took him home to Cyprus. He, he must have discipled him. He must have coached him up. He, he must have encouraged him. I mean, that's what Barnabas was. Every commentator you read on this text, everyone, they will argue back and forth. Was Barnabas right? Was Paul right? Was Paul right or Barnabas right? Which one was right? Yes. <laughs> Paul, you, you were wrong. Amen. Barnabas, I encourage you. Yes. We all need those people in our lives that will point out and, and say with truthfulness, it is there. We need those that are encouragers to come and say, you can overcome. You can make it. Paul helped him face it. Then Barnabas Helps him learn to walk in obedience. Evidently someone did. Because we know that Mark comes back into the word of God. As a matter of fact, there are four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The second one is written by this guy. It is second chronologically in our Bible. And in the order, but in chronology of time. It is the first gospel. The first gospel is John Mark's gospel. And he learned to act. As a matter of fact, the word euthus, E-U-T-H-U-S, is used over 40 times in Mark's gospel. And that word means at once or immediately. Do it now. Oh, dear friend, hear me today. Learn to walk in obedience after your faith. If you have sin in your life, confess it now. Now is the time. This is the accepted moment. If someone has hurt you, forgive them and forgive them now. Now deal with that. Turn that over. Read R.T. Kendall's book. Get that book on forgiveness and, and learn about that. Because as I've tried to teach you, as I've taught through that book a little bit, Kendall says that when you hold that uh, in you and you won't forgive, that the dove flies away off of our life, remember? But when we confess, God comes in healing and forgiveness. Confess your sin. Confess it now. Forgive others and for. You say, well, pastor, they, they've not changed. The Bible doesn't ask that you forgive them if they changed. They may remain mean as the devil. I'm not even telling you you have to trust them. But you've got to release them and forgive them. Because you know what's going to happen. 
As soon as you release that to the Lord, you're going to the grocery store and they're coming down the aisle. And you're walking and I say, whoa, I'm going down aisle 14 and her husband's coming down the other aisle. You got to release that unto the Lord. Confess and forgive. Some of you have never been baptized. You've been saved, but you've never been baptized. You ought to be baptized, and you ought to be baptized now. You ought to do it now. Like this sweet girl was baptized in this service. You, you ought to do that. You ought to come see me right out here at Next Steps. The Next Steps room. Come, come see me, and we'll set a time. You ought to be baptized. I'll baptize you on Christmas Eve this year, 4, 6 o'clock. I can't do it at 11. I haven't got any water over there. I'll do it 4. I'll do it 6 right here. We have a wonderful baptismal service most Christmas Eve. We, we do that. Have many people come to be baptized. You, you ought to set a time. You ought to do that now. Don't, don't wait. Obey God now. If you've never been saved, understand Jesus died for you. He went to Calvary's cross for you. He took your sins in your place. Come to him now. Now's the accepted time. Today is the day. Harden not your heart as they did in the day of provocation. But come now, today, today, today today I was raised in the home of a now woman I believe it's my mother's favorite word now get up now get the trash out <laughs> now get your homework done now The God of the universe is a now God. Now. Confess your sin now. Forgive others now. Be baptized now. Share Jesus now. Now. When God brings that to you, do it. I walk most mornings and listen to dead preachers. <laughs> Have them on my phone. and I listen to sermons. Walk around our circle. Our so a few days ago, I was walking and a pickup truck came. The guy pulled up and he stopped. And he said, Sir, you live here? I said, Yeah, I live down the road. He, he said, I love this little area. He said, I'm new to town. He said, Is there any rental property in here? I said, Not that I know of. No, sir, don't think so. Well, he began to talk, ask him where he's from. He just started cursing. And It's like I had this sermon on my mind. And, uh, the, the Lord said, now. Now, I was, I was dressed for ministry. I had on my walking shorts and my uh, good shoes and my half socks and an old sweatshirt and a boggy. It's kind of chilly. So I said, sir, you, you go to church, you know the Lord? Oh, yeah, I've been saved, baptized a long time ago. Wow. Could have fooled me. I, no. The kind he got, not the kind I got. I, I, so I tried to begin to press the gospel a little bit. I may never see that man again, and he may move in next door. I have no idea. But I'm telling you, when God tells you to share the gospel, you need to share the gospel, and you need to share it now. Now. To make known the gospel.
Amen. And they begin to walk in obedience. That's what John Mark did at Cyprus. Barnabas coached him up and helped him learn to take steps of obedience. Thirdly, the third truth I want you to see is that you must be an agent, an agent of reconciliation. An agent of reconciliation. You must get these things reconciled. When, when you have blown it, you've got to deal with it. Then walk in obedience, and then began to be this agent of reconciliation. Mark wrote the first gospel. The Bible says the, about Scripture, all Scripture is theonustos. That word theonustos, theo on the front end, nustos is on the end. It's God, breath. All Scripture is breathed of God. God used Mark as he wrote the gospel, and God breathed out through him. Pretty good old boy that deserted the mission trip, and God used him with his Holy Ghost to write the Bible. What can he do with you and the brains you've got? But you've got to own your difficulty and come home to God in cleanliness. We know that something happened between Mark and Paul. There was a reconciliation. Paul said, get him out of here. But somewhere along the way, healing came. It may have taken as long as 12 years because these scriptures I've got are at least 12 years after this Acts 15 occurrence. But in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 10, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae and he says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, he sends greetings and also Barnabas, his cousin, there he is, John Mark, about whom you received instruction. If he comes to you, what are you supposed to do with John Mark? welcome him hallelujah welcome him Paul who said I wouldn't have anything to do with him now he says about John Mark welcome welcome this young man welcome him to Colossae Philemon verse 24 there of course no chapter breaks it's one chapter one book these verses in Philemon 24 as do Mark Aristarchus Demas Luke my what fella Workers, that word means under rower, those that are in the bottom of the ship rowing together. Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, and Lord, help us. John Mark is rowing with Paul. Rowing, rowing, rowing. A fellow worker. Something happened, they got together. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 11. Paul is writing to young Timothy, and he says, only Luke is with me. He's writing from a maritime jail. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark. Bring him with you because Mark is useful to me, Paul said, for service. He would tell him to also bring the parchments, bring a cloak. It's cold. Winter's coming. Come before winter, but bring. Oh, oh, Timothy, Timothy, go get John Mark. Bring him. He's the deserter. The deserter is useful to me. Something happened. Something changed. You see, Mark's failure was not fatal. He was still useful to the king. Several months ago, I preached in a little country church, a four-night revival, 
way up in North Alabama. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. When March gets here, I'll tell you more about it. I've been invited to my home church to preach for four nights in a revival next year. I've been back there to do this, and I can't believe when. Back to where I saved, called to preach. But I was in a little country church, and I'd been at this church one other time. I'd preached there, and I'd met a couple. The church is just two little sections like this. There was always an elderly man and his wife sat on the front row. She had a Bible that was just literally falling apart and marked up everywhere. I don't know how she read it. But they were there every service, any time I'd ever been there. As I started that evening, she said, Pastor, pray for our boy. I said, okay. Well, I noticed down on the far end of the bench there was a young man. I didn't know it was their son, but it was. I preached that night. When I gave the invitation, he hit the altar like a rocket. Crying out to God. Later in the evening, I would learn that that was indeed their son. For years he had been in this church with them. But someone had said something and had taken action that had wounded him so deeply, he just left. He quit. He became a John Mark. He, he deserted. He, he just said, I'm, I'm done. And he left the church. He'd been gone for years. And that night, he fell in that altar and began to cry. Oh, we had a rejoicing time. Mama, oh my goodness. And then his deacon daddy just cried on my shoulder. He said, it's one of the greatest nights of our life. And then that boy, he had to be at least 6'5". He's a big man. Came, put his arms tenderly around me. and He said, Pastor, thank you for preaching tonight. God used your word. He said, I've come home. I've come home. Well, I told the pastor afterwards, we went out to get a sandwich. I said, well, I can just, I, I think I've done what I'm supposed to do. It's, I'm, I might as well go home. He said, no, 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 stay the next three nights. Let's see what God might do. He said, you're not going to get your offering if you don't stay till Wednesday. I said, let's preach on right here. Amen. <laughs> I'd preach and every night he's sitting there. He got warmer and warmer and warmer every night. Amen. Amen. Helping me encourage. I'll never forget that word. Pastor, I came home tonight. Came home tonight. If you've hit rock bottom, I want you to know this. There's complete forgiveness through repentance in Christ's name for you. God loves redemption projects. And you are not too far gone to be one of those. Amen. That's the business the Lord's in. You just got to come home. God will put a Paul and a Barnabas in your life and he'll draw you home. And your failure, and friend, you failed. I've failed. We've all failed. But it need not be fatal. So this morning I'm coming into church. 
Sorry, television, I'm about to drive you nuts. I'm, I'm coming into church early this morning, and all these girls from the Karis house were coming in, these sweet friends. And we were walking by the tree, and I said, let's make a picture, and so we did. Those are our present residents of the Karis house. That word Karis means what? Grace. The Grace house. There they are. And I said, I'll probably make a hundred pictures out here between now and the first of the year by this tree, but I won't have one any more precious to my soul than this one. These girls coming out of addiction and drunkenness and brokenness and failure. But it's not fatal. Because God says come home. And when they came home. God received them. And we're discipling them. And we send people out to teach them. Sometimes we send Barnabas. And sometimes we send Paul. Amen. Sometimes it's hard. And sometimes it's hard. But truth and love. And now God will raise them up. And. Send them back out because they came home. How about you? You ready to come home? Come home. Come home to the Lord today. In a minute when we finish, I'm going to walk out here to the next steps room. And I want you to come out and take my hand and say, Pastor, I'm ready to come home. I'm, I'm ready to trust Jesus today. Amen. Come home. If you're ready to join this church, some of you have been out and gone. You need to come home. Come out there and take me by the hand and say, coming home today, Pastor. Amen. Some of you never been baptized. You say, Pastor, it's time for me to do that. Then come out there. Take me by the hand. Had a sweet lady after the first service came by. She said, I just got a, oh, my heart's heavy, Pastor. My heart's so heavy. And I got a daughter. I just need to lay before the Lord. Would you pray for me? And we went in the next steps room and just laid that before the Lord. Oh, God, let them come home. I had a, another man come. He said, we've got a broken relationship in our family. And we just want to bring that to the Lord. And we laid that before God, praying they'd just come home, come home, come home. There's an old song we sing about that. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Mm -hmm. What is it he's calling? Come home, come home. Just, just listen to these words while John sings right here. Just, just listen to this. Sing for us that first verse, John. Here we go. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. And for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching. He's watching for you. Watching for you. He's watching for me. What's he saying? He's standing at the portal looking and he's saying,
years ago, my wife and I were driving up I-65, pulled into one of the rest stops. I went in there, and a guy came in behind me and began to talk to me like he knew me. I didn't know him. But he called my name, kids' names. He knew everything about me. Well, I walked back out and I saw my wife and I, I looked, I said, honey, there's some, there's a guy coming out of here. He knows us. And you know, I, I don't know everybody's name. I said, I don't know. Hmm. And about a moment, he came walking out behind me. He called my wife's name. And so we just had a great fellowship. I didn't have a clue who I was talking to. We got in the car, and my wife said, you don't even know who that is, do you? I said, no, I, I, I don't know. I got his name in my phone. I had it in there before. And when she told me who that was, there had been such hurt. I just completely blocked that out, out of my life. I just said, okay. I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> and when you've got a failure, friend, you can do one of two things. You can bury it to the place that you might forget, but I'm telling you, God will get it back in your face. He may send you to the rest stop on 65. But he's looking over the portal and waiting and watching. Saying, come on. Man, that'd been years ago. It wasn't even between us. It was a deal that was, I just blocked all that out. Well, God wore me out. He's good at that, you know. On the mountain run from they're talking about God take you to the woodshed. If you've ever been to God's woodshed, you don't want to go back. One, one trip's enough. But see, he only takes you there to get your attention, to get you back in fellowship. Because he's really saying, come home. Come home. Hey, Amen. What a God we serve. Well, this afternoon at 3, we're going to have a great time. 6 o'clock tonight, it'll be marvelous. But before we get there, come by and see us out here at Next Steps. What's the action you need to take today? Maybe you just need to go in one of those rooms and kneel down and say, oh God, I, I come in confession. Maybe you need to come join the church. I don't know. Maybe for baptism. You've never trusted Jesus. We'll lead you to the Lord right out here. We'll just let us pray and we'll cry out. But maybe you're wallowing in failure. It need not be fatal don't let it have you come run into the master because he says come home come home come home the doors of the house are open right out here come home today I'm going to walk down quickly this hour John will continue to play I get to the back, I'll say amen real loud and we'll be dismissed.